For TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Thursday the 22nd of September. Good afternoon. Today we've been talking about some of the latest developments in the fraud case against Trump and his family. But we'll also be discussing three of today's other most important stories. First though, Trump gets into legal hot water. Yet again. Yesterday, New York's Attorney General announced that following a multi-year investigation, a civil lawsuit would be launched against the former president, Donald Trump, and three of his adult children, following what she termed an astounding fraud. At the heart of the alleged fraud is the annual statement of financial consideration that the Trump Organization had to compile for lenders and prospective business partners. According to the AG, this statement of financial conditions saw the value of Trump's assets increase year on year, something that she alleges arose from deliberate inflation of a whole host of assets, most notably Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate. By inflating his assets, Trump and his organization were able to secure far more favorable lending terms from the likes of banks and investors. The problem being that Trump and his children would then do the exact opposite thing when it came to his tax liabilities. The very same asset that had seen its values artificially inflated then saw those values deflated to reduce the organization's tax bill. And this wasn't an occasional thing either. More than 200 false valuations were found in the statements of financial condition between 2011 and 2021, according to the AG's lawsuit. The former president, his children, Donald Jr., Ivanka and Eric Trump, as well as two further executives from the Trump organization, were all named as defendants in the case, which puts all of the Trumps in hot water. As such, the AG is asking the court to fine the Trump family a huge $250 million, as well as barring the former president and his children from serving as officers or directors of any New York business, and ban the Trump organization from conducting real estate transactions in the state of New York for the next five years. The AG stressed that Trump thought he could get away with the art of the steal, but today, that conduct ends. There aren't two sets of laws for people in this nation. Former presidents must be held to the same standard as everyday Americans. Now, while the Attorney General doesn't have the power to file criminal charges, James has stressed that Trump may well be committed for criminal acts too, including the likes of falsifying business records, issuing false financial statements, insurance fraud, conspiracy, and bank fraud. The AG further stated that she would share details of the case with state criminal authorities, as well as the Department of Justice and the Internal Revenue Service. Now, the Trump Organization denies any and all wrongdoing, with the Trumps accusing James, a Democrat seeking re-election in November, of pursuing a political vendetta. Regardless, the money doesn't look like it stacks up, and this could be a difficult one for Trump to get out of. So, that might be the biggest story right now, but here's three other things you ought to know about. Russia and Ukraine have carried out a major unexpected prisoner swap. 
the largest since the war began. That's because the exchange involved nearly 300 people, including 10 foreign nationals, Azov battalion commanders, and a Ukrainian Putin ally. The 10 foreign nationals freed include five Britons, a Moroccan, two Americans, a Croatian, and a Swedish national. This exchange has been under preparation for some time and involved mediation and brokering by Saudi Arabia and Turkey. The deal also saw 250 Ukrainians, mostly fighters captured after the fall of Mariupol, released in what President Zelensky called a victory for our country, for our entire society. In exchange, Ukraine returned 55 Russians and pro-Russian Ukrainians, as well as Viktor Medvedchuk, a former Ukrainian lawmaker and Putin ally accused of treason. There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your everyday routine. Or you can just search for us in your podcast app to listen along. Next up, leaders from around the world have been gathering at the United Nations in New York for the first full in-person leaders summit since the COVID pandemic began. Unsurprisingly, many of the speeches focused on Russia's invasion of Ukraine, with the French President Emmanuel Macron and German Chancellor Olaf Scholz accusing Russia of imperialism, and Ukraine's President Zelensky via video link calling for just punishment for Russia's invasion. US President Joe Biden also denounced Russia's shameless violation of the EU Charter with a war that's about, quote, extinguishing Ukraine's right to exist as a state and people. Biden also noted that he stood with the brave women protesting in Iran, while the Iranian president in his speech deplored US militarism and the sanctions imposed on his country. Other speeches saw Senegal's president call for a seat on the G20 for the African Union, and Colombia's new president calling for an end on the war on drugs and condemning the world's addiction to irrational power, profit, and money. Finally today, the UK government has announced that they'll be lifting a ban on fracking in England, the controversial process of extracting gas and oil from shale rock. A moratorium on the practice was introduced in 2019 amid concerns over earth tremors, but Business and Energy Secretary Jacob Rees-Mogg justified lifting the ban by saying that Putin's invasion of Ukraine and weaponizing of energy meant that strengthening our energy security is an absolute priority. Fracking's association with seismic activity has made it a controversial topic though, particularly in local communities like the ones that conservatives normally try to appeal to. At a fracking site in Lancashire in 2019, over 120 tremors were recorded, though most of them weren't big enough to be felt. The conservatives also promised at the last election not to lift the ban on fracking unless the science shows categorically that it can be done safely. And although there's a new prime minister now, Truss is still stuck with the mandate her party were elected with. So this is a clear broken promise from the party, especially as a British geological survey requested and released by the government says that it remains challenging to estimate the seismic impact of the praxis and certainly doesn't recommend that it can be done safely. That's all for today. Thank you so much for watching The Daily Briefing. And if you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe because we are really close to 100,000 subs. And if we get a silver play button by the end of the week, then Ben, the normal host of the show, will present all of next week's briefings in fancy dress. He doesn't know that, but he's on holiday and it'll be a lovely surprise to come back to.
Nebula subscribers not only get everything you've already watched ad-free, but also get an extended version of the show every single weekday. Available to watch on Nebula or to stream on your podcast app of choice. So if you want to support the channel and get an even more extensive briefing every day, then you'll want to sign up. And there's good news. Our friends at CuriosityStream, the streaming service with some of the world's best documentaries, is offering a deal whereby you can get both platforms, CuriosityStream and Nebula, for less than $15 a year. That's all the documentaries you could want on CuriosityStream, and then more TLDR on Nebula, including the extended briefing, other full exclusive TLDR videos, and, well, it's always ad-free too. Click the link below to get both services